0: Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ Tanda and Tom.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to episode 99 of Maker Skills. Our topic, chosen by our last guest, as is tradition, is curating. And since PJ agreed to this, what what skill class is curating, PJ?
2: One Rusty Nail.
1: One one Rusty Nail.
2: Yeah. Okay. That was his nickname in high school.
1: One Rusty Nail. Oh, yeah. I thought it sounded, I thought it sounded familiar. I think he's talked about that in the past.
0: It's also very mm. close to my rapper name, which is D's Rusty Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, funny
2: so, it's, so PJ, it's funny because it's
1: true. So, PJ, it's true. PJ, PJ's about to die over here. PJ's a little <laughs> under the weather. Um, and so... shouldn't joke about that too soon. Um, yeah. It's and possible. So he may just pass out during the show. In which case, Tom and I will just carry on as as best we can. That's, that's kind of an odd expression, under the weather. Right? We're all, unless you're like, orbiting in space, we're all kind of under the weather.
0: Uh, Someone gave me the plague.
1: So Pj's PJ's here, here, but with the plague. Um Tom, do you have any do you have any yeah. history or fun facts on curating?
2: <laughs> no, I didn't even know that was the topic until three minutes ago.
1: No, that, that can't be true because because we've been doing the pre show now for at least ten minutes. Has it been that long? You weren't paying attention for the first seven minutes, have you?
2: All right, we'll edit that out. No, I don't have any. I I haven't I just found out the thing was curating 10 minutes
1: ago oh well i've known i've known since the last podcast but i still don't have anything either so we'll we'll throw it over yeah it
2: wasn't on the last podcast
1: throw it over to pj uh tom was only briefly on the last podcast but mark did a great job
2: Mm -hmm.
0: pj uh curating curating (coughs) to select organize and look after items in a collection or exhibition so there, there you have it. it? That's, the,
1: that's the definition of curating, according, I f- according I to figure most
0: Yeah, nobody's going to know what we're talking about.
1: Well, we're off to a great start. Um, mm. <laughs> um, PJ, do you have any... I, I think you have a dealer's corner that you wanted to talk about. So we'll just oh, roll back right into that. <laughs> Wait, Tanda, what history and artifacts did you do about curating? I have nothing. I, 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 I collected oh, up a bunch yeah. of history and fun facts <coughs> and I organized them and I, and I put them in a specific order that they look really nice um, and that they were very appealing to the eye um, and to all yeah. of the senses yeah. in fact and, and then I lost it I lost the whole list
2: oh that's, that's a shame Yeah, let's move on let's move on <laughs>
0: you just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. Alright, so I managed to get this right before the COVID got me. I probably was already sick with it, but, um, this was, I, I got hit with it really Wednesday, but Tuesday I caught this deal and it was a honey hole. This is called Ralph Goes to Florida. That's the name of this deal.
1: Oh, is he is he on a motorcycle? Is he a little mouse?
0: No, but I will say this: something you don't see all the time. Um, you know those like uh, Errol Fri- Errol Flynn, like Howard Hughes mustaches, where it's sort of like a triangle mm-hmm. on each side. Yep. that's the kind of triangle mustache that Ralph had. He was a real classy kind of guy, you know. And um, he had put up an ad on Facebook Marketplace for a Delta universal wet dry grinder so if you're not familiar with these it kind of has a giant big wheel that's submerged in water for making all your chisels and everything nice and sharp but then it's also got another smaller wheel on the side for like rough grinding and uh runs real low speed so you don't overheat your stuff and i've seen these things go for anywhere from like 100 to 200 dollars sometimes more and he had it up for 45 bucks and i'm like um, is the wheel cracked? Is there anything wrong with this? He goes, no, barely used. I'm like, all right, uh, would you take 40? He goes, yep. I'm like, all right, cool. When can I come get it? He goes, how about now? I'm like, sure, I'll come get it now. He goes, I got more tools. I'm like, you do? Yeah. All right, I'll come look at other tools. Sure, yeah. I don't really need anything, but I'll take a look. So I get there, and I find out that Ralph is moving to Florida him and his wife so that they could be closer to their daughter. And so they're just they're about to sell the house and they're just getting rid of everything. So I go into the basement which has backyard access and it's it's one of those ones where it's like split up into two rooms. And so I'm looking back and forth in both rooms and immediately I see like there's stuff there. Like there's stuff I could take. But I I like mentally calculate there's too much stuff here so i'm like all right it's time to employ my piling technique so i just started grabbing things and i'm like oh this is a maybe i'm gonna start a pile at the door and i just started putting stuff by the door and eh, i might take this and then i just i just kept putting a pile after pile, and then finally like the pile was big enough he kind of stops me and he goes um exactly what are you thinking here and i'm like i don't know ralph what were you thinking and he stares at it for a long time, right? Like a solid three minutes without saying anything. And I just stood there. I'm like, he's going to lose. Whatever it is, he's going to lose, right? I know, I'm, I know I've already won because he's thinking way too hard. So, um, <laughs> so let me tell you what was in the pile, okay? Now, automatically, we have the, the, the wet grinder, which I had agreed to was $40 to begin with. But I didn't give him money. I put that in the pile at the beginning as if that was still a maybe. Uh, in addition to that, I got a, a vintage, like, 1980s Craftsman benchtop router table uh, with the extension wings and all of the things that go on top of it for dust collection and all that stuff. And then mounted underneath was an older, commercial Craftsman router. Um, so I got that. Uh, he had a Wilton vice that was missing the base with the three and a half inch jaws, but it was like rust free, not quite new, but very good condition. Um, a craftsman branded Roto zip in the case with all the attachments, uh, four sets of half inch pipe clamps. Um, but one of the pipes was missing. Uh, do you guys know what the up carts are? Those like three wheeled dolly carts that collapse and they go upstairs
2: Oh, yeah. Not three-wheeled. Each wheel is three-wheeled. Yeah, each right. each
0: side is three wheels. So each each yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. climb stairs instead of making it hard like if it's just a single wheel on each side. So he had one of the... I have one. But he had one that I'd never seen before. Mine is just like a regular hand cart where the plate is on the ground, whatever it is you're picking up. His, yeah. the plate was elevated like five six inches off the ground and there was a kickstand that folded out to Hmm. to keep it it up level yeah Yeah, but i I don't really understand what the purpose was for that because it would even if you didn't have it it still stand up. anyway still had um the cardboard wrapped around it and he said it's brand new it's never been used and i know that the one that i have sells for 200 this one looked like it was way nicer Hmm. so i'm like i'm like is this for sale he goes yeah so Is I it the height
1: that, of the top of a pallet or something, maybe? The, it the, could be. It like could be. Even with something that you would be moving things off of?
0: It's possible. Um, I didn't really pay that close attention, but pallets come in different sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, this was one of my personal favorites I found. He had, I'm going to ballpark it as a 1960s Rockwell Portaban in excellent working condition. It's covered in some kind of scraped up yellow nasty paint, but other than that, it's (laughs) very, very nice. Uh, A 24 inch uh, Jorgensen easy hold clamp with those sort of spring tips. Um, I have another one of those. I don't really like those clamps, but it was name brand. Uh, He had a KR tools, pro series six piece carbide router bit set in the box. Looked like it had never been used. And then in a separate box, 30 quarter-inch shank uh, high-speed steel router bits. Um, Two 1980s-era Craftsman 3x21 belt sanders. And then I don't know the age on this. This could be brand new. But he had a Craftsman Mega Mouse detail sander. Which, think of like an iron for ironing your clothes. But it's a sander. That's what this thing looked like. It's... It was huge and it worked. Um, I got a set of 15 titanium coated Forstner bits in a case. Uh, he had a bunch of WD-40 stuff. I got a uh, PTFE dry lube, specialist degreaser, and specialist water-resistant silicone lubricant. Uh, all these cans felt full to me. Uh, then I had a spray can, a liquid wrench, um, a full bottle of three-in-one oil, which did not have ounces on it, but I'm guessing it was like five to seven ounces. I don't know. Do you guys know how big those those bottles are? Mm, it no. Could be. It it doesn't say. Like, like I looked all Like the little over.
1: typical kind of flat. Yeah. Flat metal three-in-one oil cans.
0: Well, this was plastic. It's newer, but it's the same mm. size. You know, they're all the same size. Um, but it was it was it didn't look used. Uh, The oil was right up to the top. Um, Three sets of electric plug-ins for, like, you know, if you're making, like, an extension cord. Um, I got four sets of wire crimp stripper screw cutters. Those are those things that look like pliers that you can crimp wire ends or put a screw in to cut the size down. Mm -hmm. And I I only wanted the one, but then he was like, oh, there's more in there. Take more. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I just grabbed them. Um, he had a vintage Milwaukee all metal Sawzall, like an aluminum Sawzall that ran like a top. Uh, then, um, burns uh, bronze flux coated brazing rods, like a package that looked like one was missing. And then he had another thing for aluminum brazing, um, that had only two bars in it. And those are like, you know, 10 bucks each, aren't they? They're, they're not cheap. So I took those. And then he had one of those, um, I don't know really what this is called, but it's an oiler can with a trigger, and it has the spout coming out the top, so you squeeze it, and it puts the oil where you want it. Mm-hmm. So all of that, that was all in the pile. And so he's standing there for three minutes thinking about it, and he goes, how about $250? Now, remember, I was already $40 in for the wet grinder, and I looked at him, and I go, Ralph, I was thinking more like 200 And he kind of looked at me, and I'm like, Why don't you meet me in the middle? How about 225? He kind of stood there and stared at it. He goes, There's a lot of stuff in that pile. And I'm like, Yeah, I know, but I don't really need any of it. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I'm just trying to help you out because you're trying to move, man. I said, I don't need any of the I came for the grinder. I said, You don't want this stuff, I take it. He goes, All right, how about two thirty? I'm like, ah, done. Sure, I'll do two thirty. So two hundred and thirty bucks. That's pretty good. um, which basically is the price of that up cart. That's, that's, I, I haven't even looked it up to see what it, what it is, but those are still, you used to buy those on eBay for 200 bucks.
1: Right. And well, in a Sawzall Wait, thir- that runs like a top is great for cutting holes. Yes. Because of, of the spinning motion.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I, you said 230 I think so, yeah. I wasn't I was listening. What'd you get? Uh, I'm sorry, Tom. It's too late for that. I got I'm tired.
2: Oh, I'm, come on, man. I'm
0: going go to, to take I'm going to take a nap.
2: <coughs> I'm not oh, Were
0: those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in. Maybe we'll read it on air. Well,
1: it's time for personal history. Tom, what's your What's your mm-hmm. long and, uh, and detailed personal history with curating?
2: Actually, I think uh, most people, a lot of people relate to this, but trading cards. Baseball cards, basketball cards, mid '90s was my my time. Um, we bought a lot of baseball cards, and we had this place called Ernie's, which was uh, a you know a memorabilia trading card place, and they would always they would pay you half the Beckett value. So Beckett was the pricing mm-hmm, manual, mm-hmm. pricing magazine. Right. They'd pay you half, and they'd uh, they'd sell for half, and like that was the shtick and it was cool it was fun and um and then i grew up and realized that all of that was a complete waste of money and time because uh i mean that whole industry was basically ruined after mass production printing presses took over uh before that they didn't print that many and there were like errors and stuff and then printing became so good that there weren't rarities anymore and uh we were all suckered into it anyway but you know whatever um And then curating, I mean, my maker life, I like old machines, and I've kind of done that. And it's not, like, I like to preserve them. Not necessarily restore them fully, but preserve what they are, and use them. Maybe the, I like to preserve, curate the function of them. I don't know what else. There might be a better word for that. But... That's kind of. I don't know. Interested I've let go in making
1: them functional, restoring restoring yeah. the function, collecting collecting different functions of old machines, collecting rather, the
2: idea that you can use these things, right, rather than really rather than making them like a collectible item. Right, right, exactly. Um, but I've kind of let go of collecting. I want to say, I think it's a cool hobby, and I think. Everyone should collect something, but you, it's very rarely an investment. Very rarely. And actually, what might be the best investment for collecting is very expensive cars, like collector cars. <laughs> I think that's probably the only decent investment you could make in the collection world, uh, unless it's like illegal dinosaur bones. But those two things, I'd say. But I've let go of that stuff. Like I feel like I got burned by all the baseball card business stuff. Really, they weren't hiding. They, we should have known it was a waste, but we didn't. Um, and they just took our money as children. I
1: thought there were. I thought there were people who still, even even now. I mean, I'm sure there are rare cards still that uh, you know. I mean, there's yeah. a there's a certainly a big market it's, for that.
2: There still is, but it's fabricated now it's not real anymore. Well, it never it wasn't real in my in my generation either, but now it's like, oh they just put out one of one card. Like they're numbered from the factory. And that's right. that's it. Whereas the real rare cards is when no one knew that they would potentially be worth anything like anything else, right? Or yeah, like they bought or, Rose...
1: or they bought someone's rookie card not having no idea that they would become a superstar sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Right, but even those are like the focus on rookie cards became so great that you could buy a box of rookie cards and it just, they're printing money. I don't know. It's messed up. It's cool though. Like you can get cards. You can get cards with pieces of jerseys in them. You can get cards like game worn jerseys. You can get cards with like pieces of old stadiums in them. You can get cards with uh, pieces of helmets Oh, that's like, crazy. It's, I've never c- heard it's of very, that. oh, yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. There's tons of cards with autographs on them now. Like, that's just a normal thing. Um, and they're not even expensive because, again, they're just, they flood the market. It's, like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, PJ. It, 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 it's yeah, kind of a
0: gimmick. It, it sounds to me like, uh, <clears throat> Tom, There, um, they're trying to get rid of their old stuff and they just keep putting them in cards so they don't have to throw them out. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, this this, old, this old jersey is worth nothing. Much.
1: But if I if I get an extra fifty yeah. cents from every little bit of it that I put into a card, oh, and I sell hundred thousand yeah. cards with a thread in them,
0: yeah. But those I've got those, a, those jerseys have got to stink.
2: I mean, come on, dude. I've got a Drew Bledsoe card with a piece of jersey, and the piece of jersey has is like the corner of a number. So there's like four colors on it, <laughs> and it's it's worth <laughs> nothing it's worth nothing it's worth. I mean maybe they say it's worth 20 bucks but it's not nobody's buying it see he's describing this thing Tandy he's like
0: I've got this pizza this slice of a pizza it's got a quarter of a pepperoni and an olive in one corner I can yes, al- I can, I, I can almost taste it I'll
2: try P.J., I'll trade you a Drew Bledsoe jersey card for a piece piece Pizza piece of
0: pizza. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. So, I, Tom, yeah. I, I could... St- now, my memory's bad, but I, I think I'm pretty, like, I'm 90% sure on this. I think the only baseball card I've ever owned was a miniature one that I got in a Cracker, back- a cracker Jacks box. Really? I'm pretty you never sure. never did the trading card thing? No. No, I've... Really? I, I think the only... I think the only thing that even fits into that category for me, as far as like things that are card sized, like trading card sized, was um. This is way beyond. This is probably in between both of your ages. In the eighties, there was a cartoon called Robotech, and Mm -hmm. it was uh, basically like Star Wars but with big robots, and it was a cartoon. And there was uh, a club that you could join you were a big fan you know that's what you did in the 80s you joined the club and they would send you stuff you got a poster and you got um these little cards that showed the characters of the show and um i can't remember if they came laminated or or what yeah that's it um anyway uh, i have those somewhere (laughs) and they're not worth anything literally zero they're probably worth less now than than when i bought them but, like, that's it as far as cards go. I don't have any baseball cards. I never got into any of those, like, uh, what is it, Magic the Gathering cards or Pokemon, all that stuff with the cards. Right.
2: Never bought any of it. I'm like, it all looks dumb to me. The, the, the problem with any of that stuff, any of it, any category that fits that description is you have to buy it when no one cares about it.
0: Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, I'm sorry. I am my bad, my bad. <laughs> my bad. I did have cards and it'll immediately become obvious why I skipped over these because they were super popular for a very short period of time and I probably still have them somewhere. I have a stack. Thanos cards? Of Garbage Pail Kids. Do you remember those? Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I,
1: they had cards as well.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's what it was. The Garbage Pail yeah. Kids were cards. That's I mean, way before they were anything else, they were trading cards. You had like, you know, Gross Gary and all the other things, whatever it was that the the name was. It showed you a picture of the kid, and then it had a little write up on the back, like picks his nose and everything like that. I I have those somewhere, um, but but that's it. Other than that, uh, there's there's nothing else.
1: Now now Gary V is Armpit. doing NFTs of of all of his characters that he's made up.
0: Mm-hmm. What'd you find, Tom?
2: Oh names Armpit Britt and Clark Cant (coughs) and Adam Bomb. I got Adam Bomb. I've got that one. Oh Oh. you should send it to A bomb. These are gross. Oh yeah. Yeah. That kid's missing his legs. Oh, there's a bunch of nasty ones.
0: It's if you look at all of them, it's kind of surprising that they actually made these for kids.
2: Yeah, but and they said cigarette ads were bad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Panda. Um, yeah. Our wonderful host.
1: I I am not much of a collector of any kind. I was just thinking I I've, I've never had like a baseball card or or a sports card of any kind. Oh. But then, as PJ was talking, I I did have a few that I bought probably just for the gum. And then, you know, it, it seemed worth enough that I didn't throw it away. And so I'm sure they followed me around for years and and I probably had, I mean, I had a few football players that I, um, you know, kind of followed and, and, you know, were kind of early heroes of mine or whatever, but, um, and if I would have had one of their cards, I might have kept it, just not because I thought the card was valuable, but because I followed the game. Um, but even, even when I've received something that might've been valuable, um, I'm, I'm just not much of a collector. I, I remember getting a book signed by Stephen <coughs> King. I, I, I met Stephen King. I got a book signed by him and I gave it to a friend that liked Stephen King books because, you know, I it was like, I, I just didn't. And I've bought a number of things from makers cause I like supporting them um but it's not like i'm curating a collection of them um in fact if they're tools i i use them and mm-hmm. if i if i break them or something happens to them i didn't buy them to have them because of you know feeling like they would be worth something or they're um prized possessions the the thought that i helped that person um you know achieve their goal or or you know make a sale or um, or I could, you know, show them online and say, "Look, look at this. This is cool," and other people would possibly buy them. Um, but it, it's odd because I like, I like repetitive things. Like if I'm making something, and I can make a hundred of them and line them up, I, I, that does something for me. Like if I'm producing something, um, mm-hmm. there's just something really cool about just seeing a whole bunch of copies of something. Um, but yet I've never really got into collecting things. So I'm trying to think of, I mean, I have um, people's maker stickers and stuff, but nothing in my life. And I have friends that, like, collect elephants or collect dragons or collect yeah. penguins or, you know. And uh, and I've just never had something that I I collected. I collect a bunch of old Tools, but I not on purpose, <laughs> or not 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 with, not with intent of them being a collection.
2: Hmm. We um we buy we buy ornaments whenever we go on a trip, mm-hmm. like Christmas ornaments. We like to do that. Um, sometimes, like we went to Corning. It doesn't even say the place sometimes, but we went to like Corning Museum of Glass. And we just bought a beautiful ornament. And we'll remember for the most part where that came from. But we don't do a lot of that. Okay. I feel like I broke I intentionally broke myself of the collecting habit.
1: Do you ever do you ever collect uh I, um know someone who collects spoons? Like spoon yeah, collection Brady, from places. Brady
2: and uh, uh the unmade podcast, do you listen to them? Um I don't know if I no? or not. Yeah. Oh, my God. They So, I think Brady's parents, like, collected spoons. Mm-hmm. And now, and his parents are alive, I'm pretty sure. At least one of them is. But he has the spoon collection. Right. And they literally do spoon of the week as a segment on their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and they've gone as far as to make souvenir spoons for the show. <laughs> and they send out spoons every week. It's oh, we should, hilarious. we should have a
1: spoon for every episode
2: yeah spoon no we
0: shouldn't of spoon of the so week good. no we shouldn't <laughs> we really shouldn't that's that's not a thing
1: i i have oh, a i have God. a friend that collects spoons and so i bought a souvenir spoon from uh, i was in stockholm and uh, i bought it to eat my lunch with because we were given like brown bag lunches and there was potato salad or something in it and we got no <laughs> no silverware and I bought a silverware spoon and ate my potato salad with it. That's, that's what kind of collector I am. And then I cleaned it off it and awesome. I kept it. And many, many years later. I returned it. Many, many years. <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't mean to get this one. No, many years later, I gave it to a friend who had a, had a spoon collection. And it just was, It kind of made me laugh because it was like, I, you know, I, I bought it to eat my lunch with. But someone now has it in their spoon collection. That's awesome. Yeah, it's not very fast to eat with a souvenir spoon. They're kind of small.
2: Yeah.
1: And some of them have holes in the holes in the ladle, and those are horrible
0: for soup. Those are strainers for pasta.
1: PJ, (laughs) anything to add? Other than your well, I mean,
0: cut them
2: off. I was done with it.
0: Um. I mean, just thinking about like collections and stuff, real briefly. I mean, going back to like what Tom's saying, like when I was a kid, I used to collect uh, comic books, and I still have them all, but I don't, I don't collect them anymore. But I like all the, all the comic books I bought as a kid, I still have. Um, They're in boxes, and you know, they're in like the little, uh, what polypropylene little slips to keep them nice and all that. Um, And I mean, I think. Out of all the tools I have, I mean, you know, everybody knows I'm a big Delta Rockwell guy. But I think if I had to go with like a collection specifically, um, which is something that's more rare, I would have to go with the Thor tools. Uh, I think I'm the only guy that is collecting Thor tools. And I just find the design and operation of these things like they're so underrated. One of one of the best tool brands I've run across. All their I've I've excellent style, well made. Um, I I got nothing but good things, and I was thrilled when I ran into that uh, motor shop that was closing down, and I found a whole bunch of like authentic Thor Tools brand new replacement parts. Like I got a bunch of them, and um, like just finding that's like finding gold to me, you know, like that, that's like a rare super rare thing um, that's probably the only thing I'd really mention, I mean I've, I've got tons and tons of collections I, I like, you know, like even just like, uh, like my artwork you know, I keep mainting, making paintings, so like that collection is I'm self-propagating it, um, and actually when you think about curating, most people think about like curations and like museums where, you know, mm-hmm. paintings are organized and stuff like that um, and when we sort of talked about this the other week, um, I did end up uh, curating a, a set of paintings um, down in Florida. Um, I couldn't think of it then, and I can't think of it now. There is a huge art event that takes place in Florida. There's also one that's in, in Europe. It's, it's like art-something-something. I can't remember the name because my brain is just COVID, and i don't got a bad memory. But anyway, I was down there, with an artist and an art dealer and somehow or another I ended up curating like 40 paintings onto this wall which basically meant that there was 40 paintings they all had to go into this space and it was up to me to make it all fit like a jigsaw puzzle and um, when I got done the guy that owned the space came up and started a conversation with me and he's like where did you learn how to curate and I'm like "I have the first time I did it first time and he's like you could do it full-time. I'm like, oh, thanks. Probably not gonna. And, and that was it. That's 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 as far as I'll go. Well, sucky darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial energy loops
2: and stuff. Hi, this is Luke down at Johnson's Hardware. Are your picture frames always a little crooked? Are you constantly adjusting them day-to-day? Well, we've got the fit. Johnson's... Hang straight weight. Just peel off the backing paper and apply the lead based weight to your frame. Hang straight weights are stackable and reversible. The hang straight weight is only $149.99, half the price of hiring a professional. You'll find them in our fishing aisle. Please keep out of reach of children. Do not lick, do not use vertically. For more information, visit patreon.com forward slash makerskills.
0: What well, the heck, nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go.
1: So this week, I think that, uh, I, I thought we had an intro for new skill stuff. Isn't that what we're doing next?
0: No. Crossbreeding? Yeah.
1: Oh,
2: crossbreeding. So. It's time for crossbreeding. T- <laughs> I, don't, I don't listen to the podcast. But with less enthusiasm. You have to do it with a, a somber tone, like it's, PJ does it.
1: It's time for crossbreeding,
2: Tom. Even though we just heard the intro. Is there what's a, what skill goes
1: well with curating?
2: <laughs> uh, junk hunting.
1: Oh, junk hunting. That's good.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah, some some collections. The only way to find that stuff is well eBay, but junk hunting. Junk hunting. Uh, we'll take that. Yep. We'll take that. I hope I hope you didn't steal that from PJ. Oh, you're much you're much more ex- agreeable than the other guy. Yeah,
1: PJ. What's a what's a skill that goes well with curating?
2: <laughs> I was
0: thinking about Tom's um, card collections and stuff and I'm going to say gum chewing because they all come with bubble gum <laughs> so if you, you got a hankering for the bubble well, gum the card's kind of secondary you know and it's two for one
2: gum chewing I don't come with gum anymore
0: yeah or, or bubble blowing you know they used to have bubble blowing competitions back when I was a kid
1: that's good that's good I'm, I'm going to go with uh, design
2: Nice. I think well I think played. design goes well, <laughs> well goes well with curating. Well well played. It's a complete
0: <laughs> show. It's time to talk about new skill sets. That's what all the cool kids are doing.
1: I, I'm just gonna sit here and see how, see how long it is before PJ just breaks down and, 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 and starts talking. Uh, so so earlier we were talking about uh, something that uh, Tom has on loan or from Jimmy that he's yeah, learning. Yeah, a semi-permanent new loan skill with set. no terms. <laughs> yeah, long, a long-term mm-hmm. loan with no terms. And so yeah. he's learning about a new skill with a new machine. Actually, two new machines. And so two kind machines. of two new skills. But, uh, yeah. but one of them in particular. And so what is that, Tom?
2: So, well, I have to tell the, the brief story, but uh, at Maker Camp, I was at Jimmy's shop for um, um, Joe Jack's class on video production and whatnot. And I learned a lot. He's a cool dude. It was nice to meet him. But Jimmy comes by, and and uh, we're just milling about, and I go, and I asked him a question that I knew the answer to. But I said, hey, Jimmy, you got any, uh, you got any injection molders laying around you're not using? <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course he does only Jimmy does and he looks at me and as if I didn't know what I just asked him and he goes yeah <laughs> like 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 he was surprised that I nailed it <laughs> not really but fact. a little bit as a matter of fact he's like yeah you want it I was like yep and then he's like w- he was kind of busy he was sweeping which means you should just get out of his way uh something's terribly wrong but <laughs> he's like he's like all right we'll talk later and so next day I think it was Saturday oh no no, later that night, I saw him, and I was like, hey, um, can I really take that injection molder? He's like, yeah. Do you want the CNC machine that goes with it? And I, and I go, <laughs> yeah, I do. And I didn't even know what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, this company, APSX, mm-hmm. um, they make the injection molder, but they also make, um, I'll call it a small CNC mill, even though it's like, three feet by two feet in footprint, but it's a benchtop,
0: mm-hmm.
2: benchtop model. And he's even got the fourth axis, the rotary axis. Um, I dusted it off today, turned it on, jogged it around. That's what I looked up that term. That's what you do with, you don't move it around, you jog it around. Um, and it's re- like, it's ready to go. I mean, I need to put it on the table, which I have already, but I need to build a table for my lathe because that's where it's going to go. And, I'm excited to learn something about CAM, the CAM software in Fusion 360. I've dabbled a little tiny bit with my friend Jeremy, who tried to show me some stuff, and it's you know what it is? It's just a lot. It's a lot, but it's but kind of more. Machine, I mean, it's.
1: Yep. I mean, if you just if you just make a pocket, and, um, you know, and machine out that pocket. And then yep. take it from there. I mean, just start start really simple. Um, you know, there are probably four, three or four of the CAM tools that I use a lot, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are. Um, you know, I mean, there are all kinds of of features in there that you don't need to do basic machining.
2: Right. Yeah. So I would I would say that the those tools that you're referring to. I I think they're. The le- the lesser intimidating part. You're talking about like, like drilling a hole or pocketing or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, like fa-
2: if you so facing,
1: facing and pocketing and right. doing chamfers yeah. and and drilling holes. And you're yeah, like so ninety percent of the way there. I certainly don't
2: know. Yeah, so I certainly don't know how to really apply all that stuff particularly yet, but. It's the settings that throw me. It's the math involved in like what bit you're using <coughs> and your, your speeds and your feeds and stuff like that. But I think with this machine, they have a really good profile and it's designed to do aluminum molds. Like you're supposed to cut your aluminum molds with this machine, even though you could certainly do, you know, other materials. Mm-hmm. I don't think you probably can't get away with steel too much unless you did really light passes. But <coughs> the point being, I think they've dialed that in and I can just ask them what bit to use and just stick to that and just go baby steps that way and, and make the things I need to make.
1: Get, get, um, buy your bits from, you know, whatever tool manufacturer you buy your in mills from, just ask uh-huh. them for a feeds and speeds chart for their <coughs> in mills. Oh, okay. And they'll usually, I mean, and, and whatever they usually you can't go. I mean, you can go too slow but usually they're going right. to give you like best material removal because they're selling the tools for like production shops and so right. that kind of gives you an upper limit of your feeds and speeds and you just dial okay. it back from there knowing that you know maybe take 60% of that or something
2: and right and the, but there's a there's kind of, I want to call it a ratio between feeds and speeds which you when you dial it down you have to dial both down appropriately because the amount that the bit spins and the amount that the bit travels is the relationship. That's feeds at speeds, right?
1: Yeah, but they'll give you like a feed per tooth in the... Um, right. Which, and then you oh, can plug you that in. That. You can plug you can plug that number into Fusion 360, and it will calculate the rest. So you can... It, what okay. The numbers you don't put in, it will calculate for you. So if you have
2: gotcha. feed
1: speed and feed per tooth or whatever, and you've got a two flute end mill or whatever. When you change one value, it will adjust the others to match. So whatever you're, okay. you're given um, by your tool manufacturer, you can plug in and and Fusion will help you with some of the rest.
2: Okay. I definitely need to do this. I, I, I'm I torn as to what I want to do first with it, like what, what mold I want to make first. And honestly, I might have to just... You can make a, a mold for 3D printing molds, so you can mm-hmm. basically, I can't, I can't print them, but I'll explain that, yep. but you can put in 3D printing inserts that will get injected, and, yep. and then you have one aluminum mold. You have, a, you have mold a metal mold, mold with just, just keep...
1: a hollow, and then you, can, right. then you can resin print molds that fit right. inside. And I'm
2: thinking, because those resin, well, oh, you think I can resin
1: print molds? If you had like a Formlabs or one of the Elagoo or something like that, you might might be able to for a couple couple runs. Okay. I don't know if I mean the the people that are doing it for like multiple well injections probably use a, a special material, but I think you could just use a typical
2: right. like Formlabs or something to print the inside. Okay. Well, I have I have a resin printer, but. I was thinking it's just a cheaper way to get multiple molds done and I could I could hire um Shapeways? No. Well Shapeways does it, but there's a couple others that will print molds will print anything. They don't even know it's a mold. Mm-hmm. But they can print it in high temp materials that will are are, you know, higher temp than the plastic you're injecting and whatnot. And then and even if those are like fifty, sixty bucks, that's way cheaper. Then the aluminum I would need aluminum I would need to mill, and then like I'd get the part wrong and I gotta do it again, and yep. I don't know. yeah it's on a the little, surface I mean high if you're, risk.
1: if you're making complicated parts or even not that complicated, but you want like smooth surfaces on them and everything, then you know that's that's really a lot of, a lot more time than just a typical machine part because you're probably running over right. the whole surface with a really small step over with a little ball nose in mill or something. Um, yeah. and then, you know, kind of cleaning it up and stuff. So, I'm um, I mean, the I? CNC just sits there and runs, I guess it doesn't really take you, <laughs> you yeah. know, you don't have to be there.
2: Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's like dozens of hours to do that sometimes. Um, um Jimmy's keychain, he said in his video, was 30 hours.
1: Yeah, I think so. Because I think they were running a, um, like a a really small end mill. Yeah. Be- just because of the rigidity of the machine. Right. But I, th- I think uh, it would the run other thing like an eighth inch.
2: Oh, sure. Well, I, you can do a tool change and... Um... And then, do your finishing pass too, if you want, and a finishing pass from it, as long as everything is done properly uh, let's not pretend like I know things, but a finishing pass is is low risk like you just let that run, and you can just let that run overnight almost maybe I shouldn 't do that it's not that,
1: yeah, but. it's not taking off a lot of material but and i th- right. and I think if I recall um, him and Aaron were running um you know, they, they were being super conservative, so they weren't running really fast feeds and speeds, but they also air cut a long time and just didn't want to mess with, like, dialing it in like you would if you were running, you know, 10 of those parts. So yeah. I think a lot of that time, if I recall, um, oh, I that video, you. it was just air cutting um, until it got down to the part and stuff. So there's
2: oh, ways you I can see. improve that okay. time. So they, they might have done, like, 10 steps before they even cut anything. Mm-hmm. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Or if you don't, um, if you don't uh, put the consecutive operations in in Fusion Three Hundred and Sixty, and and mm-hmm. tell it that you're um, that you're following one cut with another cut, and that that material is no longer there, then it will start it as though oh, it's going to cut the whole part with that that ball nose end mill that you're just wanting to get the surface. And so it just right, runs so can... and runs and runs. So there are little little nuances like that that you can make it, make it faster.
2: Okay, but you can tell it to do that even though they're separate operations and they have a separate start and stop. Like I can manually start that next operation, and it knows that, that material's gone, and it'll go back to that spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Time. that's cool. I'm looking forward to that. So
0: I was thinking about the materials testing and all that. <clears throat> I don't, it wouldn't really be uh, usable, but you could always do a test run with a dense wood, and you know, instead of an aluminum plate, just to see like how it goes. It's not going to be usable, or but you could test it out. Foam. Or foam, or foam. You know, I don't know how well foam yeah. would do. Uh, maybe if it's something that's dense enough, but it it at least lets you see like any obvious mistakes. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Avoid crashing.
0: That too. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things the, like wrenching
1: and to stuff learn... are, are nice, but they're not that cheap.
2: Yeah. I, I also have to learn how to, how to design a, a, a part for a mold uh, with draft angles. And I tried to... I, I can't talk about the thing, but I tried to draw this. I'll just show it. Mm-hmm. Like four or five times and with pockets in the back so that it was thinner and it didn't have like a big glob of plastic. Yep. Uh, just imagine like I'm talking about a soda cap. That's solid and actually I have a water bottle. Yeah, you get
1: right you get myself. sink and all kinds of odd stuff. If you try to <clears throat> injection mold something right. that doesn't have you right. So wall thickness
2: it, it basically had ports in the back, but there's like a there's like a round thing in the middle. And I every time I drew it, I would forget to do the draft angle on one of the parts. Mm -hmm. and it just kept getting so complicated but fortunately uh one of my good friend's cousins does mold design for the cosmetic industry uh more specifically like like displays Mm -hmm. at like macy's kind of a thing right and um so he actually he just drew it i sent him like some of the dimensions and i i I swear the kid did do it in like 30 seconds (laughs) Like, right because he just knows he just knows the order of operations and I think that's my big problem at the moment is the order of operations how to get there and you're um, using the
1: draft feature in in fusion 360 right you're not just you're not drawing the draft you're using the in, draft
2: no feature right i was yeah in the <clears throat> extrude you can draft you mm-hmm. can draft in the extrude function um but again it's the order of operations was screwing with me and then picking where the molds separate. Mm-hmm. Um, that can complicate things too because then you have to have drafts on both ends and, and whatnot. But uh, I'll get there. <clears throat> I'll figure it out. I, I started watching some YouTube videos, but that content is really hard to watch. Even Lars, Lars Christensen did a series on injection molding uh, design. Right. And he's about as good as they come. And it's just, it's tough to watch.
1: Have you seen, is it Spider Workshop? a youtube channel and he's got an import injection molding machine that's roughly the same size as that one maybe a little bit bigger yeah. and uh, he's got a whole series of videos of kind of bringing that injection molder up and and making molds and then making pins for it and let me see if i can find it uh, spiker
2: spider like spider or spider with a y uh sp- oh.
1: like spiker s p y k e r spiker workshop
2: like Spiker Man, I think. <laughs> You're not helping. <laughs> uh, okay, this might. Mm, I don't see a machine yet. I see snowblowers. Hopefully, I'm. Oh yeah, this is okay. Yeah, he was making. He.
1: I mean, he got the injection molder to make treads for that that snowcat mm-hmm. tank thing.
2: Ah, okay, cool. Uh, so subscribe. that
1: that has some information in it. That's that's useful. Whoops. And uh, and uh, NYC CNC, he has uh, a couple videos on injection molding as well.
2: I I haven't specifically searched for him yet, but, but like with a lot of that stuff, it's you have to watch such a broad amount of stuff to figure out what you need and what you need to learn. It's just a broad category. Well,
1: and it's real easy to get into. Like really complicated molds too. I mean, you look at a like yeah. an off-the-shelf injection molded part, and it seems like a really simple part. And then you think about how you would mo- make it, and quite often it has weird little features or undercuts or things that it's like, oh, I would have to add side actions, and I would have to add, you know, right. all kinds of crazy <clears throat> stuff um, that that gets into something more complicated than what you could do on your on that machine just because it needs right. all kinds of mechanisms <coughs> in inside the mold. But you can, exactly. I mean, if you're making them slow, like in that mold, though, sometimes you can make, like, little inserts that you put in the mold for undercuts and stuff. Oh, interesting. And then you in, do your injection, and the insert and part fall out, and then you pull the inserts out of the side of the mold. So instead of having, like, you know, in a mass production injection molder you might have like side actions that come in from the side or rotate in or something and then your injection happens and then they pull out with some kind of pneumatics or hydraulics or something but you could just have a, a second piece that you put in the mold and you injection mold the part and then those little pieces fall out with the part and you have you know three or four sets of those
2: take them apart yeah yeah that's interesting I, I did see that you can do threads. I suppose you just can't do ejector pins with with threads. <laughs> you have to unthread the part yeah. from the mold, basically. Well,
1: unless you are making soda pop bottles or something like that, where they, they like, injection mold them out of polypropylene, and then they Over push the them stretch. hard enough to just pop them off the... Really? Sort of, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, they're crazy.
2: That's interesting.
1: Crazy things. The injection molder I used for... Um, these chemical fittings I did years ago they uh, um, they started out you know injection molding all kinds of things for different different people and they had some rubber injection molders that they did camera parts that was kind of their bread and butter for years um, but then the, the guy told me the story of how a friend said hey you want to go you want to go paintball you know go check out this paintball thing with me and he was like yeah why not and so he went to this paintball thing with the friends and he was like, Man, my friend was looking around, and, uh, and he was like all into the paintball, and I was just like, this is money. <laughs> and so he started, like a <laughs> whole, he started a whole line of face shields, uh, breastplates, goggles, um, just everything related to paintball that you can injection mold. All kinds of accessories for paintball, and they started a whole separate company. To his injection molding That's business great just great. making paintball accessories
0: um, yeah so i used to have a paintball
2: company uh tanda sidebar yeah who was that i don't know i think it was a frog oh i think it was a talking I th- frog i didn't know anyone else was here i didn't realize anybody else was here somebody oh this is awkward yeah it was like yeah, has he been you know, listening think... the whole
1: time i don't know it's a little creepy I've heard of people like interloping on Zoom calls, like if you don't have the proper se- oh, security. Geez. That's probably what it is. It can't be PJ, because oh, well, PJ, PJ's Let's, see what, he PJ's has, PJ's let's see what he has
2: to say. It, 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 oh, PJ? He's, he's waking up. He's, there PJ, he was
1: there was there somebody in the room with you?
0: Mm, I'm sure you want to try out that new skill set. I know I do.
1: Something short and sweet. Tom, got anything for short and sweet?
2: I do. I have a bone to pick with someone, and his name is Lucan, the Garage. <laughs> and um, he's a got, garage. We've got beef. We've. Got, I guess he's a garage. I don't. I don't know what kind of name Lucan is. That like is that like Tommy the Train? Like Lucan the Garage? Yeah. yeah, Lucan the Garage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's full of himself, apparently, but. He's, uh, he, talked about, he talked smack about me on his podcast, The Joinery Podcast, so don't go listen to The Joinery Podcast. Um, so we certainly didn't pick up any listeners from him. So, uh, and then we had a little bit of beef today on Instagram, which if you're only finding out about now is, well, it's over. Maybe it's over. We'll see. Uh, the short of it is, I, I, I met this did I met you this Did kid, you say short of it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. I met this kid at WorkbenchCon, and he was very disappointed to meet me because he did not realize that I was six foot four and just a a massive human being. (laughs) He thought, like everybody, that you're exactly the same size as me. So, um, and he alluded to, you know, being twinsies at one point where he thought we were the same person. And then he realized that I'm the Arnold Schwarzenegger in the twins episode, in the twins movie, and not—I <laughs> almost said Joe Pesci. Oh my gosh, Danny, Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito. Yeah, now he's not quite as short as Danny DeVito, but next to me, it's a little—it's uh, it's, it's a little bit that way. But yeah. Anyways, he's been cyberbullying me for at least 48 hours now, and um, I think I'm gonna go to the police soon.
1: Tom, Tom's sitting really close to his camera, just so he looks bigger on Zoom, <laughs> for those listening.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Pete, PJ, uh, anything for short and sweet?
0: I, I, I do have something for short and sweet. Um, it's, it's something that I think um, a lot of people don't know about, and you probably should know about <clears throat> if you're in the maker community. So if you have a, let's say a 400 horsepower car, that's about 7,000 duck power. So I'm just, uh, yeah, it's um.
1: What's the conversion? Is that is that one conversion point,
0: on like uh, the Windows calculator? The the conversion is uh. One is, point one three. Uh one. Duck power what? to horsepower.
2: Where's the decimal? 11.39? Uh,
0: no. Uh, yes. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad we straightened that up. That'll get everybody squared away on that. So, uh, if you're looking to do the conversion, horsepower to duck power, um, or just want to state your car, you know, massive power in duck power, then... There you have it. Your ratio is is those numbers that PJ just said with a decimal somewhere. Yes. Yeah. I would. I would just like. dinner in there? I would just like to uh, to shout out uh, Dave Bauer. Um, it was good to see you again at Maker Camp, and uh, I realized that we just kind of went on and on about you at uh, um, during the, in the last episode when we were talking about all the all the people at, at Maker Camp. So um, and I'm and I just want to say I'm sorry that PJ cut all of that when he was editing <coughs> editing the episode. So uh, you know, shout out shout out to you, Dave, and uh, it, you know, and it just was unfortunate that that PJ just cut out that whole segment that we did on, on you being at Maker Camp. So we we appreciate you, as we appreciate all of our <laughs> patrons.
0: Tana's to trying to, to make to it show. sound nice. I just don't like Dave. <laughs>
2: that's that's the fever that's a fever talking I, that's <laughs> a, well, I feel a little funny we'll talk about that in the after show no we uh somebody pointed out, i it was probably seth that's son of a he uh or somebody pointed out that we didn't mention how it was nice to see our patron uh our patrons at maker camp <laughs> and i think i think it's because they take them for granted because like most of them are people that i've hung out with in the past and i don't see them that way and also, I don't have access to the Patreon account. I don't see any of that money. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I've been... They they keep telling me they're going to pay me, but they just say two weeks.
1: I, I don't... I, pay me. You know, I, I've logged on before, but I rarely ever see it. And when I've logged on, there's just, like, no money in there, and PJ's driving around in a 457 duck Power <laughs> car. So I'm thinking that it's probably probably just getting all taken out by, by PJ but we do do appreciate everyone and I do appreciate the people that came up at Maker Camp and said something about the show or mentioned something uh, you know some kind of inside joke that I know that they listen to the show so shout um, out to uh, all of you is that what those were?
2: <coughs> I never get the inside jokes
1: oh I just assume, I, I just assumed are. anything that somebody came up to me and said that I didn't get was an inside joke from the show <laughs>
0: Um, I'd like to shout out um, Keith from Blackthorn Concepts. It's Concepts or Designs? My my brain's fuzzy. Concepts. Concepts. So um, he was at the... No. Oh, no, I don't know. See, it's hard. Uh, He was in the Broadback um, tent, and he was working on something, and I was waiting for the sander. And then just out of the blue, just starts calling my, like, talking to me, saying my name, like, we're the oldest of buddies. I had no idea who he was. And I'm I'm like, where have we met? He goes, oh, we've never met before. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, it's me, Keith. That doesn't clear it up. (laughs) He goes, Blackthorn. Oh, oh, all right, yeah. Text you like once or twice a week. I know who you are. All right. That makes more sense. But um, there wasn't too many of those things for me. But um, that, that stuck in my brain. I probably won't be able to get rid of that one. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, Tanda, did you mention our, our, um, creator Nader? Cause I know we missed him last week and he's not going to be happy if it's two weeks in a row.
1: Oh, well definitely shout out to creator Nader and, and of course to Tanda. Yes. You know, for being our top tier patron Oh, Tanda Madison. Yeah. yeah yes. Tanda Madison. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, I met somebody at, uh, at maker camp that I interact with regularly and had never met in person. And so it was, yeah, it was really bizarre. It turns out he's pretty tall. He's PJ.
0: Yeah. Oh, he's he's well, he's, a, he's also taller. You guys than never he, met he, before. Uh, he's
1: also taller than he is on Zoom, or his stories.
2: Well, we're sitting. So
0: oh, I I do need to apologize to somebody. Um, so Patsy Dobbs, um, I kept calling her Patty um, when we were recording last week because Patty Patty Gilstrap was there, and I had Patty on the brain. But um, Patsy, I'm sorry for saying your name wrong. Um, And and, and that's all I got.
1: I had Patty on the brain once. It was
0: horrible. That sounds like a childhood trauma somehow. I I think we should go. um, uh, um, We've got a special uh, secret segment. And I'm going to say this as an incentive for people that are not patrons. Patrons. You know I want a blue frog pod. Well, there is apparently a blue frog pod company, and they've been emailing, texting me, and we're going to get into that in the secret segment.
1: Oh, cool. Are they like, are they like a Chinese
0: like, knockoff? Or We're going to find out. we welcome any comments please leave us five star reviews on apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way see you next time